0: Hello, party people. Welcome to the podcast, Out of Five Stars, a weekly book review podcast. We are your hosts, Jess and Jess. I, of course, am the Jess in Louisville, Kentucky, down in the south.
1: And I'm the Jess over here in the Pacific Northwest. Each week, we get together virtually with a drink in one hand and a mic in the other, and we talk all things bookish. It's the book club that you don't have to get dressed to go and hang out with. This week, we are finishing our chat of the Red Queen series with part two of War Storm by Victoria Aveyard. This was the fourth in the Red Queen series. We do know, we are aware there are additional books in the series, but they're more like sister novels or novellas. Um, They don't really follow the same line and we thought this was a good place to put a pin in it since spooky season is around the corner so we're finishing off here with war storm part two
0: yes um finally may i add we are yes. finally <laughs> finishing this one off so we should have added how many
1: pages can like how many pages of the red queen series we read because a few of these have been thick daddy books like yes big were. boys
0: this one was published in 2018 in May, and it's still at a 3.87 on Goodreads. The highest that any of the series got was the first one, which is 4.03. Makes and sense. I think the lowest was Glass Sword at 3.85, and I guess just to tell you King's Cage, which was, was the third one, was 3.9. So, you know, Warstorm wasn't that. Hi on the radar. So before we like keep going into the book and everything, let's talk about what we're drinking first and then I will recap our predictions. Jess, you are currently sitting in the library. I not am. in your trailer. I'm yes, I
1: decided to get some fresh air and I went to a new state. I'm over here in Oregon, Oregon. Um, Yeah, I just wanted a change of pace. Well, you know, we have where this is exciting news for everyone to hear. I guess we'll do it now. But we are going to have three special guests for the month of October for spooky season. It's every, you know, it's every girl stream. We love spooky season. Um, Spooky season also is just like a, a big book, book bitch, babe, like deal thing month. Everyone loves to get those psychological thrillers. It's the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. It's the the cozy time when you really dig into some of these books that have just been sitting in your house on the nightstand. So we have three guests and uh, as one who lives in a trailer does... We get out of the trailer every once in a while. I don't have internet over there. So every time I apologize, like every time we've had a guest on, I have just the slightest lag with my Wi-Fi internet or like phone Wi-Fi internet or whatever it is. So I just came over here to see what the deal was like. This this library is actually gorgeous. I'll take a picture of it on the way out. It's an old church. Nice. And I'm looking out onto the Columbia River it's beautiful. I couldn't ask for a better spot. So I, I do feel a little out of place. I'm in a giant meeting room. And I told the librarian, I was like, yeah, it's just me. Can I get a smaller room? And then we tried the smaller room earlier and it there was a lot of echo. It was echoey. But there's like quilts on the wall in here being displayed. So it actually works out very well for sound. Anyways, that's where I am right now. And what am I drinking? I'm keeping it PG in the library. So they didn't kick me out today. Um, I'm just drinking. It's actually one of the last uh, of the seltzers that you got me, me, um pineapple, and it's good. I love it. It's, it's very, very hard bubbles. I it's will very hard that. bubbles. But I do like it. It's like Pop Rock water, Pop Rock's water. What nice. are you drinking, Jess?
0: I am drinking some red wine Fancy. from Spain, and just so everybody knows, I told Jess that she has to sneak in some alcohol next time when we have a guest. She's got to get those little airplane bottles and just... <laughs>
1: Just be a booze hound just, over here. Just
0: do it. Yeah. Well, um, great. As long as Chris will pick me up after recording, I don't see an issue there with go. it. There you Exactly. Don't drink and drive, folks. Going into our predictions, because we did, did do predictions from the first half of the book, which was chapters 1 through 19, and then we did 20 through 37, plus the epilogue, you actually were – ride on the money with a bunch of these and we did only three each so yours Uh was maven oh okay maven is going to end up being a hero at the end he's not going to survive but he will be redeemed that was one of your first ones Mm -hmm. then the second one was evangeline runs away with elaine great Mm -hmm. cool and cal's grandma is going to be a bad girl like a, I don't know. I don't really know what you mean by that. Bad girl (laughs) or like bad girl.
1: Yeah. I don't trust her as far as I can throw her type deal. What were your predictions?
0: Mine were that Iris kills Maven. Totally wrong. Cal and Mare get together and Cameron and Kalorn get together. I was kind of fishing for predictions because I really wasn't didn't know where this was going. So I was kind of just throwing stuff out there, see what I caught. And I don't know if any of mine necessarily were true. Last one,
1: maybe there was like a little wink and a nod towards Cameron and Killorn.
0: Right. Um, But. Yeah. I started reading the second half before you did. And I remember texting you and you were like, shh. Don't tell me anything. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I wanted to say plot twist. This is happening. And when we last ended this this last episode, Maven got captured. Yep. And then we go on to the next uh what's it called? Next chapter. And Maven gets stolen, kidnapped. By the mm-hmm. Scarlet Guard, which I was like, whoa, plot twist. Here we go. What's gonna right. happen now? Maybe he's gonna be the good guy, but I was I
1: I will say I as soon as that happened, I was like, oh goodness, here it comes. He's he's gonna get his little redemption. Like he's gonna be hanging out with the Scarlet Guard and there, they will find a new blood that can fix him, or some some sort of thing where he can kind of redeem himself. And I, I don't want to talk about this yet because this is what happens in the last chapter between Mare and um, Maven. I feel like we we got a little redemption, but not what I was thinking. It, it didn't go where I was thinking. You know, I was thinking more of like a Kylo Ren. He's going to save Mare outright type of mm-hmm. deal we didn't get that that's yeah it that, that's not where it went and i can just tell that victoria does not like maven <laughs> which is fine but when i was looking through goodreads reviews there are plenty of us out there who want justice for maven loved maven's character and a lot of people who who didn't get on to the cal train um even though maven ended up killing a baby at one point and leaving, like, weird cryptic notes on dead Mm -hmm. people. It's not his fault. His mama made him that way. So one of the things, before we sat down today, I wanted to kind of get a vibe of what other people thought, you know, post-reading the book, I wanted to get a vibe of what other people thought because... Ending a series is so incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's been a few that have done it a really good job. And then there's been a few that are like, they end exactly how you think they would end. I'm I'm thinking Harry Potter ends how you want it to end, how you think it's gonna end. Um, it's but it's a very difficult, delicate task to end a series. This book being called War Storm, I don't think carried the right it it had this weight of being the final battle, the final, you know, moment for the whole series. And I don't think it rose to the level of a war storm. It was someone I saw on Goodreads called it a stormy drizzle, perhaps. (laughs) I was so confused when the final battle ended up just being between Iris, the princess from the Lakelands, Versus everyone else, that felt very flat for me mm-hmm. because Iris was uh, one a character that was introduced later on in the series. She was never inherently villainesque, you know? like we never we even got like a kind of a budding friendship between her and mayor and and her. And it just felt so odd for that to be the final battle for the final battle to be. Everyone against Iris, the this lands. little Lakeland princess. Did that feel weird for you? Or were you like, oh, yeah, this battle totally holds up as being the final battle. Like It's supposed to be such an extreme final battle. And they weren't even fighting against Maven. Right. They were just fighting against this little princess from the Lakelands.
0: I don't think it held up to me as it being the final battle. I thought... When they went to the island with Iris and Maven and they they had their little session, get-together session, to try Mm -hmm. and work things out, I thought that was going to be where stuff happened and people were going to start fighting. That would have been a better place to end it than this random, oh, Iris is going to attack kind of ordeal. I didn't really like that part of it. So, no, it's just we
1: were we were never we were never introduced at to Iris as the ultimate villain. You know, she was paired with maven, who and was you started to, to actually ultimate. like her right. We, we were paired with she was paired with maven. Maven's supposed to be the bad guy, so everyone knows he's the bad guy. And Iris was just trying to hold her own as like, you know, someone with her own beliefs and background that she comes from. And she never really did anything inherently crazy. Like every thought she had was oh, I'm just trying to hold my own in this in this new place where no one believes in what I believe in and Maven is a monster, which he is. That's how he's written. So why all of a sudden is she the worst possible bad guy to be fighting against in the end? Just felt anticlimactic is the word I'm reaching for here. It's It was an anticlimactic final finishing battle.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, what about you know, everything else, because it is the last half of the book, but it's also the final, the final book. Did any characters to you, did you hate any of them at the beginning that you are now like, oh, I really... Evangeline. Evangeline was a babe.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say Evangeline made a total 180 for me. Originally, she came off just as this like very brash, mean, nasty person with not an ounce of redeeming quality at all. And the fact that her big, I thought her character arc and her big battle, you know, quote unquote battle or, you know, issue that she had to rise above in this final book almost felt, it felt more deep more compelling than the actual war storm between iris mm-hmm. and the red guard and everyone else because she had to betray her whole family yeah and like sneak her her brother and her partner out of this this um this region and give up the throne and can like convince tully to also do the same thing which i don't think he really needed that much convincing but she had to abandon her family and kind of tell them like hey this is why i'm peace this is why i'm leaving so i I thought her whole character arc and her final battle much more compelling than the (laughs) anticlimactic water drizzle there was (laughs) water rising battle at the end
0: there was a point in the last half of the book where she and cal have this kind of moment and true conversation together, not just, like, tiptoeing around, but they actually, you know, sit down and talk. And she says, hey, I think they're going to kill my dad, but I don't want you to do anything about it. That mm-hmm. was – wow. Mm-hmm. That was that was a lot, especially because she held her dad to such high standards and she just wanted to please her father and to be able to just say, just let him be killed. It's fine. I will say when he did end up being murdered, I kind of did not like the the way that they did it. You know, he kind of just fell over. His ending? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't anything special. He just like fell off the bridge and died.
1: I will – yeah, I agree. I thought that was very anticlimactic. And there was just a few endings. Uh, I'm struggling to, like, pull whose I'm I'm considering here. But there was just a few endings that I was like, oh, that was a really anticlimactic ending for so-and-so. Or that was an anticlimactic finish for, for that situation. One thing I will say well, that was not anticlimactic and I'm, like, very happy about was Sarah getting completely healed at the end and – um being able to talk again,
0: she was able to I talk really, in King's Cage.
1: Well, yeah, but oh. like having her mm-hmm. having that be her story and her going through all that, yeah, like, she deserved it. She
0: was a good, was good. side character.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of really good side side characters. Farley, Farley, um, obviously, Farley <laughs> is great. I think you could have like, um, you know, character or uh, companion novels just following Farley after this point because. She seems really cool and had a really interesting start and middle, you know, with Shade. That was great. And then a sad ending, but she stayed strong and, like, kept going after it, even though she (laughs) gave birth in the middle of a, you know, civil war. So she was really cool. Um, Cameron was okay. I never got super attached to Cameron. I thought she was a fine character, and I kind of— understood why she was brought up to kind of be the face and the narrator while Mare was in prison, but I was never really drawn to her outside of that. I think it was also because she was pretty young and she was written pretty young too. Did you get that vibe from her yeah. at all?
0: Yeah, definitely. I don't I did think that it was very sweet when they did destroy the new town or old town. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was called. The tech the techie town. The techie town. And she reunited with her father, and her father kind of was just very proud of her, you know? Mm-hmm. I oh yes, I'm gonna help you. What do you need me to do? And I'll I'll be there for you. Just, you know. I I like that part about her. What about Mare? Did she she was like the main centerpiece of the entire series and her relationship with Cal. That was a little. I'm going to say this, I liked, it wasn't the ending that I was, that I was expecting. The epilogue, was weird. I liked that. I
1: liked that it was not the ending I was expecting for them.
0: Yes, exactly. Because they are 18, 19. You know, usually if you're thinking about the Hunger Games, they end up married with babies in the future. With babies, yeah. That's weird. And you skip the entire middle. So I... When I read the epilogue, I was like, oh, I don't need it. I would have
1: felt, yes, I I did like the epilogue. So what we're referring to now is the epilogue where uh, Mare is hanging out with Killorn, her good buddy that was there at the beginning, there at the end. He's her ride or die. And Cal is not there. Um, And I loved it. I was like, great. They had so much that they needed to work through. And it would have just, I would have felt you know, ripped off if they had just ended up together at the end because, um, hello, Mayor killed his brother and his dad is dead and his mom is dead. Like, Cal has – I would feel like he has a lot of trust issues and other well, things that he be needs, in needs to work through. Yeah, there needs to be some therapy that he needs to be working on. And, you know, honestly, if I was Cal, I would be kind of pissed that – you know, my my lover or whatever you want to call Mayor killed my brother, even though he needed to there, be killed. But someone could've maybe could have helped him. Why didn't why didn't we write in a new blood character that could have like un freaked out his brain that whatever his mom did to him? We don't know. Like there's so many more new bloods out there. I felt like he could have just been. You know, given to the a court of whatever it is. I know it's not court of law, but he could have been just held accountable for the actions and not killed. That was the last person that Cal had that was like a you know his family other than his uncle. Yeah, but
0: well, I just since, felt
1: that was like a little
0: since it we would are, have been lame. Since we are on the topic of Maven, we find out in the last half of this book that Maven did in fact love Thomas and that Thomas was, they were like in a relationship together was, was his lover of some sort. They were in love Yep. and his mom, Maven's mom, you know, Thomas died and Maven's mom kind of tried to erase that love that he had for Thomas. And while there was a lot about, the entire series that I didn't like I did like because this is a young adult series. I did like that Victoria Aveyard the author wrote in a whole bunch of different love options for people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like male female. It was Are you I bisexual. do have a question for you
1: about that. Are you a little disappointed though that the Gay and bisexual characters either originally are shown as like evil or bad, and then or end up being like Maven, evil and messed up in the head. There was, as far as I remember in the series, no, you know, I can't remember any other large parties in the book.
0: Not characters. large parties, but you know who is lesbian. Oh, yeah, other than Lisa. the Montfort. Oh yeah. Lisa I totally forgot about that. Is totally well, we don't know if she is, you know, but because yeah, she, she's probably by. But um she starts having feelings at first she started she had feelings with for Calorne, and then she kind of grew out of that crush and towards the end it's implied mm-hmm. that she has a whole bunch of feelings for this girl in the Montfort yep. area. Yeah, so, I did
1: forget about that. So I take that back. I take it back because I do remember now. The Montfort dudes, who are also um, okay. married, mm-hmm. so I like that part about the series. It was okay. You it know, what? I take like, it back. It's a big it, deal. There was you know? more diversity yeah. than I initially recalled, but yes, there there is diverse couples. I, I suppose there's also um, diversity in skin color too. Race? Yeah, I, yeah. It, it's not a huge role. I think it was a really big role for for Cameron. Because that was constantly brought up, like how her hair was braided and stuff like that. But well, Ren yeah, and Ptolemy, yeah, a good amount of diversity in this
0: whole series. It's, I'm gonna say, I don't know if this is bad to say. It's hard to figure out, at least for me, keep races straight in books. Whereas mm-hmm. like uh, sexual orientation, it's easier for me to remember because they're like it's a girl's name with another girl it's another female and a female yeah but with race you have but to you're look, not constantly reminded you have to like remember yeah what their skin tone is mm-hmm. so i don't know if that's just me or
1: no i agree i i do think though there was a couple of these novels in the in the Red Queen series that we did listen to right you listened to some of them on audio and i listened to some of them on audio mm-hmm. they did end up uh changing the narrator's voice like there was new narrators for different yes. characters and cameron did ha- like did sound like she was being read by a person of color um that's the only one i can think of off the top of my head but yeah so that's the only way i would like immediately remember yeah but that was um, – I think they exaggerated um, their accent a little bit to sound more – I don't know. I
0: like, have yeah. one other question that I – that was big in my mind, and it was kind of towards the end of War Storm because Victoria Aviard, she has to wrap this up. And the whole point is that they – the Scarlet Guard does not want there to be a monarchy anymore. They want it to be a democracy. And – to Cal, uh-huh. all of his life, he was supposed to be king. He was raised to be a king. And he later finds, or I guess his uncle gives him his mom's diary. Where in the diary, it says, I don't want Cal to be like every everybody else. I want him to be different. Do you think, did you think that having the mom's diary was a huge cop-out to his actual feelings because Mare was telling him this the entire time he went the entire he, time. Yeah, he fought with the scar with the Scarlet Guard, not against the Scarlet Guard. And all of a sudden, his dead mm-hmm. mommy's diary that his uncle wrote pops up, and it's like, "Hey, did you feel like that was a cop out?" Because to me, definitely for Cal's character, hell yes. But I've been
1: saying this since book one, and you know as well as I do that I am not a fan of Cal. Cal is just like. A caveman. He's a one-track mind dude. I can't – I do not understand why Mare was obsessed with this guy. The fact that he needed his dead mother's approval to do something and couldn't just, you know, think about it for a little bit on his own or maybe just even talk about it with someone else other than Mare, you know. He went through all these experiences. You would assume through these experiences that he's doing that he would just make that decision on his own he needed someone else to tell him, but he needed a very specific person. He needed his mommy to tell him. It was a big cop out for Cal. And that was something else I really liked was like, yeah, Cal's not the greatest man on earth. Cal and Maven both have mommy issues. <laughs> it runs in the family. <laughs> um so the let's talk about the death the death scene, because I I alluded to it earlier mm-hmm. you know i just reread that that um section i think it's the second to last chapter because a lot happens in a very little amount of time and it's a little hard how i read it and how i understood it was they were really like evenly matched in the silent stone room mm-hmm. because neither one could use their powers there was one weapon this and is between there was
0: a- mare and maven
1: yeah, sorry. Uh, so they're fighting. And there's one point where Maven kind of like looks at Mare and gives her a look. And then, kind of, it. how it was written, how I read it, was he almost disengaged a little bit f- to allow Mare to finish him off, like kill him. And he had okay, this like not relaxed. The other way <laughs> <laughs> and no, I'm in a library. <laughs> um, he, but he had this like, uh, like she said something about his face being looking like the stress was removed or whatever, like the option wasn't there anymore. And so it kind of made it seem like he sacrificed himself to this fight, like he allowed Mare to win because he, in the Silent Stone, he did go in having the weapon. So yeah. obviously he had to step up. I took it as this being M- Maven's like, redemption song he allows mayor to kill him so it can just be over that's how i took it is that how you took it i want to know did anyone else read it that way like he I sacrificed
0: himself he let me No, went? i didn't think no. of it that way at least not for me but also i was listening at, at 1.65 speed so the chipmunks were singing it too yes so i it, to me i didn't feel like it was that way but also, it was kind of really fast when they were fighting, and then all of a sudden, she wakes up, and they're not fighting anymore.
1: Yeah. That that did seem seemed extremely fast and too much of a jump. There was not a lot of explanation for, as to –
0: For there to be a time to be a jump because we had, haven't really had it. any jumps. <laughs> this, was right. no. this was not it.
1: This was not it. I agree, and that's why I was almost – I had to just look up what the the companion novels were, uh, plot summaries were, because I was like, maybe he's alive or something. (laughs) Like, he ran away. I don't know. No, that was just wishful thinking. He's not alive. Spoiler alert. Uh, That's how I took it. I'm going to take it as a redemption song. We can post it as a poll on Instagram and see if other people read it that way or if I was just wishful thinking – I hope I wasn't. Okay. I'm making a note to do the... Naven's death.
0: Overall. Overall. Did you like the series?
1: Yes. I know I'm always usually the poopy pants here in our relationship. But I did. I enjoyed, I had a good time. Was it the best of series? No, it wasn't the best of series. Did I have a good time reading it? More or less, yes. King's Cage got a little boring. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the final battle here in Warstorm, anticlimactic. Those are my really two big poo-poos with the book, or the series, uh, sorry, was King's Cage got boring and was much too long than it needed to be. This one, I thought it was actually, for being 700 pages long, yeah, I kind of needed it to be seven hundred pages long. A lot of t- lot of loose ends to tie up, a lot of like, I don't know, fam- reunions to happen and whatnot. The final battle, though, it's it was lame. so anticlimactic, and I just don't get why it was I like I don't understand why it was Iris against everyone. That so was never it. Never we didn't build up to that. We didn't. We weren't building up to Iris being the ultimate bad guy in this series. You know. So what would you rate? Warstorm. Warstorm. I would rate three point. I'm gonna do a weird one. Three point eight because yeah, just because that that final battle scene. I I just needed something different. I needed someone else to be the bad guy. As far as ending series go, it did okay. You know. We, we didn't get an immediate relationship out of Mary and Cal, which I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to like. We did get a reuni- reuniting of different family pockets, and we got Evangeline and the family that she needed out, and we you know, we ended up loving Evangeline. So that was really cool to have this like character at the beginning who feels like it's going to be the bad person who ends up being like a really cool person who's just like – Dude, I'm just trying to live my life. And I kind of like that there was a little bit of mystery surrounding Cal and his opinion of Mare. That's probably leaving it open for maybe, I don't know if any of the other companion novels kind of go more in depth into his feelings on losing the crown, losing his brother, losing his father, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, overall, I, I I would rate the overall series probably a a four. And yeah, because it was it was good, it was good. Not the greatest, not the worst though. Just a a few things that I was like, I wanted more, or I expected something different. What did you think of the overall series? And di- are you happy with how it ended?
0: I'm very happy with how it ended like you I didn't I thought the last big battle was kind of weird but overall I thought it ended pretty well did I want Cal and Mare to get together yes I did but I think it was also very big of them like it showed their maturity that they didn't she's she's Wanted to work on stuff, and she wanted to go and spend time with her family, which was a big part of her her life, you know. Yeah, her usually, whole story was
1: like trying to protect her family and and Kalorn. Like we started the series with her trying to protect Kalorn.
0: Usually, it's <laughs> just the whole thing. It's, my parents are divorced. One of my parents is dead. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a broken family, and here we still have a broken family, and it's a dead brother. But still, it was more, I want to be with my family. So overall, War Storm, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Okay. And the overall series, also a 3.5. King's Cage was bleh. It was a lot. There could have been different plot points. There could have been jumping ahead instead of, because all of this, all of this happened within the span of like a year, which is crazy to think about.
1: Yeah. Isn't that nuts? I was just trying to think about that too, because we had a pregnancy, we had um a royal coronation, you know, lineup going around the country, and we had to we had to also fit in there an unbelievably long capture of Mare. Yeah. It felt like a lot. Yeah. It, it was a lot, short amount of time. Here's my question for you. Are you going to read any of the other books in the series on your own time? Because we're not going to cover any of these in the podcast anymore. We're done. But would you read any of the additional books just
0: on your own? If it was an Evangeline book, yes. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But the rest, okay. probably not. However, I will say, when and if the television show comes out, I, I will, will watch be watching.
1: <laughs> yes. I think this would, this story would make great TV and I hope they I, change it up a little bit. I was just going to say, I hope they change it up a little bit. Cause I know, you know, sometimes they take a, a book and then they, they change it slightly. They add a new character or add a new couple or, you know, something they add it so they can draw out the story and you know what my vote would be for is for maven to be alive but anyways that's for yes I will be watching I'm I'm very excited I hope it is, I hope it does become full full circle like I hope they do make the show I know they're working on it so
0: awesome all right so on to bad reviews and we have three today I'm reading one you're reading two I picked this one to read because it feels so just me for the entire series. Miss Becca Gee says rated it 1 star and she says it's over, truly over. I'm free. As you may have guessed, I did not enjoy the series nor the last book in the series. I hated Mare. It's always difficult to enjoy a series when you despise the main character. So, I'm that's how I feel. I'm free. I didn't hate the book. I didn't hate the series. I I
1: felt like I needed to keep going too. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like I needed to read the next one. And because the next, the next novels are companion novels, they don't follow the same story. I'm like, nah, I don't need to read them. Okay. So, (laughs) oh, this one's from Jessica. Okay. Jessica rated it one star. Cannot survive anymore. YA Hunger Games ripoffs. That's what she said. That's all she had to say about it. Mm-hmm. I see that. Especially because it takes place in America and yeah. the towns are all, you know, based on whatever. <laughs> yeah. We did get a little Hunger Game vibe. Okay. And then we have another one star review from Wretched. I expected an absolute shitty ending and was still disappointed. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I feel like you do have to expect the ending to never be in a series. You know, series. while we were talking, you right, in a series. The ending ha- is never going to be as good as like the first book. I was just thinking about the Twilight series cuz I have to. And that final battle, I wasn't as mad about it <laughs> even though it was all like it's not fake, but it was not, it didn't actually happen, you know. And I'm like, oh, that's a really interesting way to cop out of a final battle, but still give the readers a final battle. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Even if we got like John, the seer's point of view, Mm. that even though that would have definitely been copying Twilight then, um, just that final battle was so uh, unnecessary. Iris was not a bad, bad guy. We didn't lead up to Iris being the bad guy trying to keep the monarchy alive she was just trying to live her fucking life and not be made fun of for having nameless gods okay sorry digress any who'sies (laughs) we are done with this season or this season oh
0: oh,
1: spaghetti and noodles (laughs) and we're done drinking
0: alcohol ladies and gentlemen
1: no this is (laughs) just my brain we are done with red queen we may pick up another novel five years from now when we have the emotional capacity to, and we're rich to and and famous. think about are again. And we're rich and famous. Yeah. Um, I don't see myself. I I was not compelled in the characters so much that I needed to pick up the next companion one. The next one that's out actually follows like Julian, which Julian was a great character, but I was like, eh, could you have a whole book about him? I no. don't know. Guess you can because they did. So, like I said before, we are very very excited. Month of October is upon spooky. us. It's the spooky season. It's time to get your cozy socks on, and light your candles, and Pop get your under red your wine. weighted blanket, and yeah, your red wine or nightcap or whatever the heck it is you're drinking when you read and get your spooky books out because we are doing all spooky books. Or you know, for just lyrics. the vibe, yeah. just the vibe of October books, and we also have three guests, so we're super excited. Um, next week, we're going to start the spooky season off with The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins, which I'm so excited for, very very excited. And this is the book that Jessica Jessica picked it out when we were on vacation together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a lot of money. <laughs> that was fun. It's worth it. Um, you know, I started reading it already. I know you're already done because you couldn't sleep, but I started reading it and I showed Chris the inside flap, the mm-hmm, inside the cover flap. of it. Nope. And he I told him just to read it. And he, the first thing he says is, You pay $27 for this? I'm like, shut up and just read the thing. <laughs> He's like, it's a good thing you didn't you didn't buy it in Canada. You would have paid $37 for it. Mm-mm. Anyways, anyways, end of the story. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast. I just noticed on Apple Podcasts, I had to use Chris's
1: phone because I don't have an Apple phone, but I got to open up his iTunes and we have five stars on iTunes. That's not very many uh, people who have rated it, but- the mm-hmm. ones who have really liked it. So we appreciate that. And if you do have an Apple phone, go ahead, go on to your place. You will listen to the podcast and write us a little review because that would be very nice and helpful. And we would appreciate it.
0: We want to feel the love, guys. We want to feel the love. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to subscribe to all of the socials. We're at Out of 5 stars And that's O U T A with two Ts. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.